0: Uh, Today I want to talk to you on this topic Uh, I would title today's message leaving yesterday leaving yesterday and as you're turning there to Joshua chapter 3 starting at verse 1 Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 I don't know about you but I've looked at my life and I'm thinking there's some things about yesterday yesteryear I don't want to remember and there's some things that I do want to remember, uh, getting married and, and child, uh, having our children. And, and, you know, there's always been those moments in your life when you say, that made a difference. You can go back to that, maybe not necessarily that particular day, but a time frame where you say, that was, a, that was a game changer for me. And, and I started, uh, I've had some things in my game changing days that weren't good, but I've had some things that was game changers for the best. And, and I want to give you some principles today on how to, how to get past some stuff because there's not a person that I know of that doesn't have something that they still struggle with from yesterday. Uh, maybe it's just some thoughts. Maybe it's shame, guilt, condemnation, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But there's things in our lives that we, how do I get past this? I'm not talking about necessarily uh, struggling with just sin. I'm talking about there's just things that, you know, just hang around you. You ever had those things just hang around we got a couple old dogs miss millie that started hanging around the shop since i've been gone so i guess ethan's feeding them <clears throat> i don't know but but they hang around and yesterday i went over there and i, I wear shorts in the summertime as most of you know and there's this little mud and and, and he's like i don't know pulled dog, bulldog pug uh and and other okay And I'm standing there, and I see these two little dogs. And I'm I'm talking to Ethan. I'm leaned up on something there. You know, I I, I like to lean on stuff, you know. And uh, so I'm leaned up, on, and I feel this. I said, go on now. And I'm standing here in a minute. It's like he's kissing the back of my calf. I said, now go on. Ethan said, yeah, they've been here all week said, they want to come up and lick on you. I said, well, he he's fitting to not lick something, I'm telling you. Something, and he just like, and he's rubbing on you. And I'm thinking, this thing needs to go. You hear what I'm saying? He was beginning to be a problem. My, he was hanging around, and I didn't want him. You know, you got stuff like that in your life that it hangs around. You really don't want it. It's really not a sin, but you're tricking, how do I get rid of it? to be a good message for some of you single women and 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 men in here that need to get rid of something come on y'all gotta wake up today (laughs) some of y'all acting holy and you say i don't even know what you're talking about joshua chapter 3 starting verse 1 joshua chapter 3 verse 1 talking about leaving yesterday then joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from the achaea grove and came to the jordan He and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Verse 4 yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits and a cubit is 18 inches and some of you can do the math real quick 2,000 cubits by measure do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before in verse 5 and Joshua said to the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you I just want to say that so many times we miss God's wonders because we're hung up on yesterday. There's an old saying that says we miss out on so many good tomorrows worried about yesterday. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing you can do about yesterday. You, you can fight with yesterday. You can uh, lose sleep over yesterday's things. You, you can get worried about things that didn't happen, but you can't do a thing about it. So, what you have to do is leave yesterday and work on tomorrow, work on the future. And so there's some principles that I find in these passages of scripture uh, that we that you're going to have to do in order to leave yesterday behind. Okay? And so I'm going to start with the first one. <clears throat> know who you are following. Know who, in verse 3. The Bible says that Joshua, now let me give you a little history quick. Joshua was, he had taken over after Moses had passed away. And and Moses was now in charge of the children of Israel. They had not yet crossed the Jordan. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan at this moment to enter into the promised land that had been promised some 40 years ago. Okay, So they're at this point and they're fixing to take a step and go through the Jordan into this promised land. And so uh, Joshua has the officers go through the camp as we read and give them instructions on how we're going to do this. This is a massive amount of people. It's not like I say, "Okay, guys, come on, let's go." We're going to go in here. There's some five million people, women, children, and everything, and plus licking dogs, and goats, and cows, and camels, and all the other things. Okay, and and so so they got to get they got to have a system. And so he sends them all through there. And this is what he says in verse 3. So first, got to know who you're following. And they commanded the people, saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set up from your place. I'm going to stop there. First thing you got to know to leave yesterday, you got to have something that you're wanting to go after for tomorrow. Now, I know I'm not trying to get into a non-spiritual message here, but some things in your life aren't really spiritual. Some things you just need to say, if I don't wanna be doing this, you gotta have a focus on something else in order to go to it. Because the Bible teaches us without a vision, the people perish. Now you can break that down to individually. Without a vision for you to go forward, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna be stuck where you are. There's not one time in my life that I ever wanted to move forward that I didn't have a vision, I didn't have a plan, I didn't, I wasn't looking for something better. People come to and say, Pastor, I want, to this, I want to do this. What's your plan? Well, I don't have one. Well, then stay where you are because that's where you're going to be. See, it's not my plan for your life, it's what do you want to plan for your life? What do you think God has in plan? So we got our focus on everything else, or on yesterday, rather than anything else to help us move forward. Same thing now, spiritual application. <clears throat> Some of us want to move closer to God and want to really get into God, but we're not following God. We're not following the priests. The priests were, the, were the preachers, if you will, of the day. The Levites, they were chosen by God, the tribe that was chosen by God. This is that they're to take care of the house of God, okay? And so he says, be sure you follow these people because they're connected to God. We want to wallow in our sin and wonder why we're not getting out. We're not following anybody that's connected to God. Oh, that'll preach, that's a message by itself. So if you wanna get from your, get out of your sin, if you wanna stop doing it, who are you following? It may be that your friends that you think your are leaders, they're leading you in circles. They're leading you back to the same yesterday and you're wondering why you're hang, hanging out there. There's a problem, church. Number two, so first we have know who you're following. Number two, uh, simple word go go in today's society we got a lot of lazy people if you don't believe that you go down any street even in here you get to talk to them, and hiring now hiring we were in Branson for a couple of days and everywhere you look there was a sign now hiring now hiring." some pretty decent jobs store clerk $13 an hour I can do that come on now you, we, we, wherever we went, you see signs hiring. You know what that means? Somebody is depending on somebody else to take care of them. That's a spiritual thing, too. That's a different message. So watch this. Verse 3. We read down where it says take care, uh, to follow the, the priest and the Levites. Bearing. Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. There's a certain thing about leaving yesterday that you've got to do something. Here's where it is the problem with most people in life wanting to do something. We, we, I like to refer to it as ambition. There's a lot of people who have no ambition. They like where they are until they see you doing good or you doing better. Then they want to be where you are, but they won't, don't want to do what you've been doing to get where you are. Come on now. This is good stuff. So he's saying, look, now, it's one thing to see the priest and to, and to, and to act like you're going to follow them, to see the Levites, But now, when, it, when they start moving, you got to go after it. So if there's something in your life that you want to leave from yesterday, you got to get up and go after something different. If not, make your camp, stay where you are, but don't complain where you are because you're there by your choice. So many times in America today, especially America, it's somebody else's fault why I'm here. You're the victim. Well, praise your little heart. You're the victim. Well, I can tell you why. You're the victim. Because you're sitting on your blessed assurance. You're sitting on your blessed assurance in spiritual matters. I just want to be close to God. What are you doing? Are you going or are you sitting? Are are you doing something about it? Are you going, getting up in the morning, reading your Bible, praying, seeking the Lord? Are you wondering why you're miserable spiritually? It's called conviction. I don't want to get conviction uh, mixed up with condemnation but the Holy Spirit will condemn you when you're doing wrong and I, I know that's uh, people say oh he doesn't condemn us well, I can take you a few scriptures that's the message I told you I was working on that he will condemn you when you're doing wrong it's called conviction you got to go it's, it's it's time that the church goes I don't mean go out and serve in people I mean hey where are you at spiritually where's the church at spiritually why is America the way it is because the church decided we'd sit we liked where we were we shouldn't get involved in politics we ought to just let somebody else that we're gonna to let to go up here. and we don't know them from anybody and because they use God in a phrase or they prayed before a, a, a meeting that you had at town hall down here you thought somehow they're spiritual well the devil can pray matter of fact the devil knows the Bible Okay, I'm gonna move on because I want you to be. I want you to get all this. So, number one, know who you're following. Number two, you got to go. You got to do something. And number three, you got to sanctify and repent for yourself. Watch this. The word I'll I'll go to. Let me just go to this past scripture, and then I'll read some information that I have. Verse five and joshua said to the people and they gave him the instructions here's what you do when you see the priest moving this is what you're going to do you watch for it and then here's what happens before you do a thing you sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the lord's going to do great things the problem is we're wanting to step into tomorrow with the same baggage we got today for the same stuff that we've been carrying around we want to take it into tomorrow and if that's the case why don't we stay where we are matter of fact you will stay where you are if you don't sanctify and repent We want to take the same uh, sins, the same things that we're doing with us into tomorrow, and that's not going to happen. It won't work that way. You're going to end up tomorrow like today. Watch this. The word word sanctify or repent, sanctify means uh, to keep oneself apart or to separate, to cause himself to be hallowed, to be observed as holy, to consecrate one's self. That's what sanctify means. We want, to, we want to have the power of God working in our lives. We want to be able to walk through the storm with, with somewhat of a smile on our face and to be able to cope with things and deal with life, but we don't want to repent sanctify ourselves to say, God, I want to be a set apart with you. Our problem is we want to be set apart, but we want to be set apart with the things we want to do. Jason and I were talking about before church in my office about kingdom. Can you you remember that statement exactly the way you told me? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but here, here, I'm going to paraphrase. If I'm wrong, it'll be my fault. We want the kingdom of God to be in our kingdom instead of our kingdom being in his kingdom. See, we got it backwards. When the kingdom of God is first, we'll put our kingdom and make our kingdom work around his kingdom. But when we put his kingdom in our kingdom, it turns into chaos. It it turns into uh, just frustrations because, see, we're going at it wrong. See, God was never designed to be put into your kingdom. You were created to be into his kingdom. And somehow we bought this lie that the world says, it's all about you. It's all about how much you can make. How many houses you can have, how many cars and boats you can have, how much land you can have. And there's nothing wrong with that. Y'all know me. I'm not talking against that. I'm just saying, when that's your focus and the kingdom of God is somewhere over here, and you say, well, if I have time, I'll interject him into my kingdom, that's wrong. Amen. Can I get an amen every now and then on something? I mean, or an old me. I'll take an old me today. I mean, amen. <laughs> There's some things in this season of your life that will not be able to accompany you into the next season of your life. In order for us to move forward, there must be a repenting, saying, you know what re- repent means? To make a 180, to make a turn. So if, if you're one, one way in your life, if, if you, uh, I'll use, uh, we, all, we all can associate with money. Uh, I've never met a person in my life, never, ever, that really wants to be broke. I've I've met a lot of people who want to have stuff. But I've had a lot of people that says, I want to have stuff, but I won't do nothing for it. Repent means to make a 180. So if you're in this stage of yesterday of your life and you're broke, and I'm not a prosperity preacher. You all know me, right? Can I get an amen there? And you're broke, and you keep doing these same things. See, repent, you got to make a 180 turn. Do something just the opposite in order for you to move out of that. If you're in sin, if you're practicing, uh, uh, if you're in an adulterous affair, Pastor, you're awful strong. Is anybody in this church? I don't know. But if you're here, you ain't getting missed. I just want you to know I love you and I'm including you in my message, okay? And so, if you're in an adulterous affair and you don't want to be in one, guess what you got to do? Make a 180. I'm just making sure y'all getting it. Is it okay up in the balcony? i am doing good up here? Okay. That burned a little bit. I've been using that phrase you told me a couple weeks. That burned a little bit. Matter of fact, Jason called me or Scotty, one of them called me a couple of days and said, That burned. That's still burning. Amen. Amen. Repent means to change one's mind for better. <clears throat> um, for, for better, heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. A repentance involves a turning with contrition from sin to God. You can't turn, if you want to get out of sin, you can't turn to your sinner friend and want happen and get advice. Oh, right. Who are you following, remember? You're supposed to be following people connected to God. We want to call our best friend because we've been hanging out with them forever and they've given us some advice and got you where you are and you think, well, they give me some advice before. I think I'll get advice from them again. Well, what advice do you think you're going to get? The same advice you got yesterday. But if you're wanting something different for tomorrow, you better get a different different take on where you're wanting to go because if they're where you are, they can't lead you somewhere you want to go. What do leaders do? Can I get you two guys to stand up with me? if y'all just come stand right over. Scotty, will you come up here with me please And if you guys can just kind of stand right, come over this way a little bit Scotty, you stand in the middle? now now I want uh, together, I want you guys, when I say take a step, I want you to take a step together and try to stay even, okay? So take a step forward, one step. One more step. all right, stop. now uh, try to. If you would take a step back. Now, nobody's leading them. I'm just giving them a few directions. No, everybody's the same. Now, if you could back up all the way to the back here. Just, we're going to start. Up. Now, watch this. Follow me. You do what I do. Good job, guys. <laughs> My point is, leaders, you can sit down. My point is, leaders... in front come on if you're getting advice from somebody's doing the same thing you're doing you're not going anywhere you will be left in yesterday forever you must somewhere say I've got to pick a different leader I got to become a leader I got to become that that Says, I don't want to be here anymore I don't I don't want to fight with my wife anymore I don't want to fight with my kids or my husband I don't want to do that anymore what's it gonna take Well, I know what it took for me when I had my anger problem me and my wife. I was always right. It's amazing. She always, Mike, she wanted to argue, man, I was always right. I knew I was right. Now, she didn't tell me I was right, but I just knew it. You know what I had to do? To realize I wasn't always right. You know the thing I had to do? That was very, very difficult. I still work on it. (laughs) Zip it up. Shut up. If you look at your life right now, you, your spouses, I'm going to speak to you just a minute, or uh, people in relationships in general. But if you look, most of the stuff you argue about has no meaning in five minutes. The only purpose of your argument is so you can keep arguing. You argue over stupid stuff. Come on. Mm hmm. you got to kill some stuff in your life you got to repent. you got to leave that back there if you'll kill some stuff in your life kill the television kill some contacts in your phone kill some websites on your phone or your electronic device kill some of that stuff leave it yesterday so when you go to tomorrow it's still in yesterday it don't come with you You cannot revive what you killed yesterday in prayer and expect to go where you've never been in God you kill it today in prayer God I give it to you I'm never gonna do this again that's a bad statement sometimes say Lord help me not to do it again because when you make that proclamation out loud God I'm never gonna do it again devil said what's this Get all up the little demons and all the little imps. And I said, y'all heard him. say said, he ain't going to do it again. We fixing to make sure that he does it again or she does it again. It works that way. He said, I don't know about that, Pastor. Okay, go ahead. I'm just telling you, it works that way. Say, Lord, with your help, Lord, help me not to do that again. Lord, I want to be set free and delivered from this. And then watch that. He's going to give you some instructions on how to get set free. And you got to go. You have to do them. So what you kill in prayer today, you can't revive it and take it with you tomorrow and expect things to be different in your life. It does not work that way. Y'all know the definition of insanity, correct? We all know it. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Amen. Pastor, you're doing so good. Thank you. had a pastor uh, acquaintance uh, someone I I admire he's passed on now but he said this his name was Tony Miller he said it it is time that we start manifesting what we say we possess as a Christian it's time we start manifesting it ought to come out what we say we possess if we say we're a, a Christ follower that ought to start manifesting in our life If we say we possess those things if we say we possess joy we ought to possess you. It ought to manifest. Good times and bad times. I'm not saying you can't cry and you can't, uh, uh, that you can't uh, have a moment of weakness. I'm not saying that the Bible Ecclesiastes said that there's 28 appointed times and you're going and one of those is weeping and crying, and, and, and those are times that God set aside, but to stay there forever for 12 years, because your dog passed away is a problem. Amen. Hallelujah. You will never find yourself in a place with God to which you were not intentional about going. Let me say it again. You will never find yourself in a place with God that you were not intentional about going. Now I'm going to bring it down to a secular level too. You will never find yourself doing something in the secular world that you weren't intentional about doing. Things just don't happen. People just don't... uh, 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 have wealth or have a great life or a great marriage or a great family because they say, well, I hope it turns out all right. I hope my kids is okay, but I'm never going to spank them. I'm never going to give them an instruction. I'm never going to do anything. Well, Well, that's foolishness. You gotta be intentional about leaving yesterday and going for tomorrow. If, you want, if you're serious about where you are in life, look, there's gotta be some changes go on and you gotta be intentional about some things. But intentionality means there's gonna be some sacrifice. There's gonna be some, if you will, blood, sweat, and tears. There's gonna be some times that aren't so happy in that intentional thought process. If you wanna move forward, you gotta be intentional about doing something different. Because where you are, what you're doing now is what got you where you are. Amen? Okay. Number four. So number one was know who you're following. Number two, you got to go. Number three, you got to sanctify yourself, repent. In other words, turn from what you're doing to go forward. And number four, you have to stay focused on what's in front of you. Stay focused on what's in front of you. Verse 4 of Joshua chapter 3. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, speaking of the ark, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. The children of Israel had never been into the promised land. And what Joshua said, saying, look, there's a lot of you people. Okay? Don't crowd me. Don't be like the dog and lick my calf. I mean, back up a little bit, okay? He said, let there be a space between you and it. Why? Because, see, if you're not careful, you'll get right up on something and you get blinders on and you can't see the next move. How many of you played uh, checkers or chess? You don't look at just the first row of the checkerboard, do you? No, you gotta look at the whole board, is that correct? Well, you can't look at it if you got your eyes right on it like this. You gotta back up. And and that 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 principle applies in life. That principle applies in, in your spiritual walk. What does God want to do in your life? Some of you scared to death, ask God what he wants to do in your life. Because you already know what he wants to do, and you're thinking, oh man, if I ask you and I submit to that, I'm gonna do some changing. That's the whole me moment. When God wants to do something in your life, remember there's gonna be some intentionality to it, but you gotta back up and say, God, what's the big picture here? Look, you're not gonna get every detail of God's plan for your life. It's not going to happen. Quit praying for it. Quit looking for a sign. I can give you a sign, it's called the Bible. The sign, pray. Lord, what do you wanna do in my life? What do you really wanna do in my life? And he'll start showing you some things, but you gotta what? keep your eyes on him remember was one of the stay focused you got to go right these are just things watch this some things you cannot take with you into the next season of your life there's just some things that you can't take into tomorrow you got to stay focused on God and say, God, what do you want to do? If you have a plan, if you have a business plan, how many of you have ever seen a business plan, a business model plan? Man, they are just awesome. Billy, you probably got one. Probably, uh, I don't know if it might not be hanging up in your corporate office, but you, you know it. You've been told the business plan. You know what you're supposed to do is you in your in your uh, management area, and and other people know the supervisor of the uh, manufacturing company at the at the at the plant knows what his job is. The sales manager knows the the CEO knows that there's a business model and says here's where we are here's how much market share we have now here's our goal for next year and five years and 10 years we want to capture so much market share and then there's a plan that says how are we going to do that and so they bring together the managers and say, well, here's an idea. And they put these sales manager ideas together, the manufacturing idea. Because, see, it's one thing to have a great big goal, say, we, we, want, we want to capture five more percent of our market, uh, market share. That's great. Can your production facility handle that? So you got to back up. And so everybody has to be involved in this thing, okay? Same thing in your spiritual life. you got to get you all involved in what God wants to do in your life do you hear me you got to get involved in what God wants to do in your life you, you can't just be I just want an arm in it God if you could just anoint my hand to have healing in it and I'm gonna live like the devil I'm gonna shack up with somebody all week but I want my hand to be have healing in it so when I touch people they'll be healed Hello. It's not going to work, you, you, Lord. If I can just get my intellectual part to, to be in God, and the rest of me not. No, no. You're made up of three things: your intellect, and your spirit, and your body. You're either all in with God, or you're not in at all. That'll burn. Some things you cannot take with you into the next season of your life. Number one, there's three things that I'm gonna hurry. <clears throat> Number one, the way you have viewed who you are. The way you have view you are, the way you look at you right now, if you want something different for tomorrow, you can't take that view with you into tomorrow. Why? Because you're gonna be you tomorrow. Isn't this cool? This would be like a a neat animated film. Watch. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 through 33 says this, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. Then we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from, from, against, from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Whose side? Not their side. In our own sight, we were like grasshoppers. And so, and so we were. Here's the problem. The way you view you are right now spiritually speaking if you view yourself as a nobody in christ if you don't start thinking of you as somebody in christ a new creation in christ jesus tomorrow you're still going to be a nobody in christ according to you and when you feel that away guess what chances are you are that away had a uncle that not spiritual you, you know him billy Not a spiritual guy at all. And he says, if you think you can't, you're absolutely right. Think about that just a minute. If you think you can't, you're absolutely right. If you think you can't be a prayer warrior, you're absolutely right because you won't put in the time and the energy and you won't seek out those that are prayer people to become a prayer person. A a, a worshiper, a praiser, come on now. This is good stuff, Pastor. You're doing a really good job today, being awful weak. You're doing wonderful. Thank you. Watch. Church, I want us to go to somewhere we've never been. And the Bible teaches us that if we go into a place we've never been, we've got to sit back and see what God's doing in front of us. But when he does something, don't ex- set back and say, Oh, I hope he does it again. Man, man, this is good. Did y'all see what he did? No, move toward that and say, God, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do the next? See, when, when, the, when Joshua said, for tomorrow he'll do wonders, he wasn't talking about just for tomorrow. If you read the, the account of when they went into the Canaan, there was day after day, year after year, that he'd done mighty works in front of the children of Israel because it was humanly impossible for them to capture this, this land And God had to continually do works. It wasn't a one-time Johnny. It wasn't one of these one-time wonders. It was a continuation of God doing great things in people's lives. And that hasn't stopped today. Amen. How many of you know that the way you view you is the way you think others see you? Let me say that again. The way you, I'll read it again, because I even wrote that down, and that's confusing. The way you view you is the way you think others see you. Look in the mirror. You can say, uh, now, I've never known anybody like this, but an anorexic person, they're like 90 pounds, wet. With lead in both pockets, as my daddy would say. They look in the mirror and say, I am fat. You know what they need? They need me to step beside them and say, no, this is fat. See, they view themselves as being fat, so they think everybody else thinks that they're fat. Come on. Same thing in a, in, in a, in a Christian walk. If, if we view ourselves one way, and it's not the right way, we think everybody else looks at us that way because of our past. We think, oh, I'm hung up in my past. I don't know how to leave yesterday, so I'm hung up here, and, 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 and everybody thinks of me the way I'm thinking of me. That's the way they see me, as a, as, a, as, a, as a dropout, a loser, or whatever it might be. And that's not true. And if it was true, who cares? Because God sees you the way he created you. Come on, you're a new creation in him. Joshua two twenty four says it this way. And they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands for indeed all the habit- inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Romans 8, 31 says, if God could be for us, who can be against us? See, there was a couple of people that said, wait a minute now, I'm looking at this thing totally different. Those people have heard about the children of Israel. They've heard about us. And they're faint hearted because of us. The other 10 were like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, what are we going to do, Pastor? What am I going to do about my marriage? What am I going to do about, about my job? What am I going to do about this? Hey, don't be faint hearted. Hey, God may be setting you up for something else. You may be so stuck in yesterday. That you wouldn't move for nothing, and God creates a, a a chasm, if you will, a distraction in your life, so you can be thinking about something different, and He'll move you out of that into this, and then you get there, and you say, "Oh, I knew it's God all the time." You liar! You, you thought God left you. You thought God had abandoned you and all of this stuff. In the middle of your chaos, look for what God's doing. Keep your eyes on the ark. It's still moving. God's still moving in today. He hadn't left. He hadn't vacated the throne. He's still in charge. Even, doesn't matter who's in the White House. Come on. That don't bother me a bit who's in there. Or oh, I can say it bothers me a little bit. But my faith is not who's running the White House or to sin it none of that my faith is in Jesus Christ and if he's lining it up to be the way he wants it to be keep your eyes on him and not on them cut your TV off It was wonderful this week I couldn't get any news glory to God I felt re- woo! I'd go down there and dip in what I thought was a Jordan felt so good amen number two <clears throat> I gotta hurry You cannot take part of you into the next season of life. You must take all of you. Joshua 3, 17 says, Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And watch. And all. Say all. Israel crossed over on dry ground until all. Everybody say all. The people. That's people. Had crossed completely. Over the Jordan, isn't that awesome? In Exodus chapter ten, Moses declared to Pharaoh when he wouldn't let him go. You know, he played with him a couple of times, and and he 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 tried to entice a Moses with, "Well, I'll let some men folk go, or I, I'll let the women go, or, or but you got to leave back some cattle. You, you got to leave back some kids." Go and read the story in Exodus chapter ten. And he says, Moses said, "No, no, no. That anyway it's going to work. We're all going." even the goats we're all going or none of us are going now that caused uh, a little bit of problem for the children of Israel one time up the uh, up the ante on how much they had to work but see Moses was so sold out and bought on we're all going or none of us are going and that's the way you got to be if you want to leave your stuff from yesterday you got to be sold out and bought in I'm all, all of me's going and I ain't taking nothing with me from yesterday come on now this is good stuff you can apply this spiritually and you can spi- apply this in your life you can apply it in business this is a principle in the in the Word of God number three you can't take the old you into a new season of your life these are three things that you can't take with you that you can't do second Corinthians 5 17 says this therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation. All things, everybody say all. There's that word again. All things <clears throat> have passed away. Behold, all things have become not the same, not transferred to calendar date, but we're new in Christ Jesus. You're new in Christ. When things start changing in your life, when you become a Christ, when you become a Christ follower, things ought to change. There should be some new things coming from you. Why? Because you're following someone else. I oh. hope. Amen. Nothing. Now these are some notes that I write down from, from, uh, from thoughts that I just put in interject in my note, in my sermon notes sometimes. Nothing more frustrating than when God gives you a new place to live and you keep showing up at your same old address. You, you want to go with God, but you live here. And God says, I want you to go here, but, but I, Lord, I'm here. Well, then we gotta, we gotta reevaluate what do you want to do with your life? You don't have to pray for twenty years for God to give you something to do. I've known people in churches that prayed for. And I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm praying for him, and you done wallowed out a hole in the seat, waiting for him to tell you what to do. And he's already told you, but you got to go. You got to get up and do things. God's not going to kick you out of the seat. Get it. Say, well, I got him going now. No, He's going to have to kick you tomorrow and the next day and the next. There's got to be some going and ambition in your life to follow christ i said there's got to be some ambition in your life to follow christ you think somewhere in this i think we got preach this gospel when he comes in boy everything's going and i'm just going to have a new spirit and everything's going to be great and and, and i'm just going to have this great desire to follow him you should have for the most part but there's some days you got to get up and say now self you're not going to do that again self it's time to reevaluate our television package. Come on now. Preacher, you're old-fashioned. How about that, that stuff, ain't you? I don't know, are you addicted to it? Is it a problem to you that you, you wanna watch those movies? Me, can, I, and I look, I got TVs in my house. I'm not telling you to sell your TV. I am not that kind of guy, okay? I got three or four of them around the house, okay? I like to sit in bed and watch more when I go to sleep. I'm good with your television set. But if you got to tell your children or your, y'all need to go to bed, y'all can't watch this. If your kids can't watch it, why are you watching it? Because you know what that's gonna lead to? You're gonna send them off somewhere, to bed or wherever, while you and mama watch this. And then the next thing you know, mama gonna go to bed and you gonna be watching something. Or ma'am, you gonna be watching something when daddy go to bed. Is this church? your house how does it the devil doesn't show up on your front doorstep and say hey I'm here whoo you said oh no not in my I'll plead the blood of Jesus be anointed over door, door uh, header and all that stuff no it doesn't happen out of way he slips in one at a time let me give you this deal if you get this look I know you pay paying 275 dollars for your for your internet package and your television package <clears throat> Gonna give you a deal for 59 dollars And you're gonna get HBO and send to Max and, uh, and uh, Encore and all these things. What do you like to watch, sir? Ain't a man alive. Say all the sex stuff, that's what I want to watch. Uh the porn. Mm-hmm. Westerns, we got a package for you. Encore, stars encore, Western package. And when it gets there, guess what they would done coupled with that? All that nasty stuff. That you as a Christian have no business watching. You don't even have any business letting it fall into your house. But we want to be holy in front of God, but we're hanging on to stuff that appeases the, the flesh from yesterday. We got a problem, church. God doesn't operate that way. He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. can't take the old you into a new season. What you can do is take the old into a prayer room with God and come out new, a new you. And then you'll be able to step into the new season God has for you. Did you hear what I said? You gotta take the old you into an old fashioned prayer closet and say, God, what's in my life that you don't like? Because most of the time, if we ask the question to ourselves, Marty, what's in your life you don't like? That's a short list. Come on now. And we can justify it. But now if we ask God, God, what's in my life you don't like? What's in my life that keeps me from being holy as you are holy? Oh, that list's long. Oh, we got to get out to legal pads. Come on now. Well, preacher, you 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 kind of meddling and getting in my stuff. That's my job to get in your stuff, to bring to some light some things that you may be doing that's not holy to God. It doesn't matter to me. I can't save you. I can't condemn you to hell. But God can, and you better be worried about what He thinks about what's going on in your life. You better be worried about what He thinks is holy and what He thinks is acceptable in your life, not what the pastor thinks, because the pastor thinks what this Bible says. We've got to stop living off of yesterday's move and experience with God and experience one for ourselves. We've got to to say, oh, it used to be this way. I remember the old times. Praise God. You'll die and go to a grave thinking about the old thing. What about something new? What about what God's doing right now? What about what God wants to do in your life? What about those neighbors and your grandkids and your kids and your aunts and uncles that don't know Jesus? What about that new thing that he wants to do in their life through you? You can't bring into tomorrow, an old prayer life. You can't bring old bitterness. You can't bring an old hurt. You can't bring an old move of God. And you can't bring old feelings into tomorrow. You got to leave them behind because that's why you're in yesterday, because you hang on to those things. Some of you can't, be, can't move forward because you've been hurt in a relationship somewhere down the road. And it appears that you may have moved on, but you hadn't. Get rid of that why do you want to carry it along why in the name of God would you want that to be with you the rest of your life when you can say God forgive me of my my hurt here Lord help me to forgive the people who have hurt me or the ones I've hurt forgiveness is for you it's not for them by the way if you were wondering Joshua 24 1 and I'm gonna be closing then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of uh, of Israel, for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. In verse 2, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt, on the other side of the river in old times and they served their gods joshua has made a proclamation because they used to do it that way they were on the they were on yesterday but we're in a new season we're in a new way of god we're crossed the jordan and god wants to do something totally different and if you don't leave that behind he can't do anything different because we'll revert to the same way of thinking the same traditions same policies the same way we've always done it and where's that gonna get us back across to yesterday he says we we, we got to look at this thing different over the past few years I've looked at salvation different and what God's doing different and how he does it how he moves in people's lives it used to be that if we didn't see you at the altar you didn't get saved I believe in coming to the altar and giving your heart and repenting before the Lord Jesus Christ and a congregation of people. I believe that, but you can be just as saved and on your way to heaven on a stump in a forest somewhere. Now that doesn't mean you're supposed to have church there all the time. I'm saying that we gotta look at things different. I know some of the most wonderful people that I've never seen come to the altar for repentance, but I know they're saved all the way through and through. We got to look at things different. I'm not saying water down the gospel one one ounce. Don't you ever say this, Pastor. Said, oh, are you, you trying to do it? No, I am not. You got to be blood-bought to get into heaven. You got to repent of your sins. You got to confess them and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. You got to wash me and make me clean because without that, I cannot go to heaven, period. Now, we can debate a lot of other things about, about the spiritual gifts. We can debate them to... Jesus Christ comes back and I won't debate too much with people about that because that's not eternal stuff come on now listen to me I believe in the tongues and interpretation I believe in laying on the hands I believe in all those gifts signs wonders and miracles I believe in it okay don't ever think that I don't I believe in it. I wish there's more operational in the church come on now I wish they were but I can't force you into it I can't force people in that's not my job but I'm telling you they're welcome in this church but what I want to tell you is you got to get right with God. You got to worry about the eternal things more than those things that are surface. So I've known some of the most ungodly people that could say they possess some of the gifts. Come on now. And I know some people that didn't possess any gifts that were very godly. Come on, we got to get right with We got to say, you know what? There may be something a little different, but I got to view it. Verse 3 and Joshua 24 3 says, Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, and I led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and I multiplied his descendants, and I gave him Isaac. See what's so unique about that? God had already sent. One of his patriarchs already through the land. See, we think that this is the first time they showed up to the Jordan River and it's the first time they've ever had an experience with it all. That is not true. Abraham had already been led through the land. He knew what was there and God made him a promise. You know why God made him a promise? Because he had seen what God wanted to do in their lives. And he said, Abraham, if you'll follow me with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, if you'll follow me, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make your descendants like the sand of the sea and they're gonna inhabit the very thing that you've got to look at. And years down the road, guess what? God was faithful to his promise. He said, what I promised to your Father Abraham, now it's come to fruition in your life. But guess what? It may not be like it was in Egypt. It may not be like it was across the river because I even had to take your father Abraham and lead him throughout, through across the river and throughout the land. God wants to do something different in your life but you've got to turn loose of yesterday. You can't keep doing that. You can't come in and get warm fuzzies and say, man, that was good, I hope it's that good next week. You know what'll make it good that next week? When you get in your prayer closet and you say the old me is not going to church with me next week. The new me, the one that comes in with thanksgiving, and praise and comes in and says Lord I'm gonna praise you and I'm gonna give you adoration the one that says kids we're not arguing about going to church you're going period on Monday when we're used to watching watching those certain things. we're not gonna do that what about a I got a novel idea what about a little Bible study with the family I was amazed this week huh? Oh look, granddaughter, you weren't going to bed without a Bible story. She's three. She's three. She didn't pick that up on her own. But mom and daddy said, we're gonna have a Bible story. Now you can't get her to not have Bible study. Bible story. It's a little video thing, Bible story. And they ask them questions. We adults. We won't even read the Bible. We're adults and got adult, somewhat adult, teenagers anyway, kids in our home. We won't ask them anything about the Bible throughout the week. But you ask them, oh, they're angels, they're on their way to heaven, glory to God. They may not be. They may be the there may be that seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, there may be that 12-year-old that's doing the bullying at school or sending out the nasty text or sexting, I think they call it now. Come on, I'm serious when I tell you this. I love you. But you need to be checking your kids' Instagram and what's the other other thing? Snapchat. Snapchat. TikTok. Y'all scared to do it. Some of you scared to look at your kids' stuff. You know why? Well, number one, you're going to say, you should say, What I do wrong here? Why are they on this? And number two, you think little John and little Susie are little angels because they come to church and they don't ever do anything wrong. You never see anything wrong. My mama thought I was an angel. I had informed my mother. Oh, I might have been an angel, but I had horns. Come on, y'all know my story. I'm not proud of it. My mother said, well, you and your older brother, you, did, you didn't do the things. My, my younger brother and younger sister, got they both ended up pregnant. Before marriage, mama said, Y'all, but y'all didn't do that. I said, Mom, I'm going to break your heart. We just didn't get caught. Most preachers don't want you to know that stuff about them, but my kids already knew it. See, I turned around what God was, what the devil was trying to turn in for evil when I was a youth pastor. I said, Don't go this road. And I used it for good. I'm not telling us that, I'm not telling secrets. But I'm telling you, we got to get, we got to start doing things different, church. We got to leave yesterday, yesterday, and let's do something different. We want a different generation. Quit doing what we've been doing. Let's take it to the prayer closet. Amen? So if you'll stand with me.